0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey. And we're two
1: average gals chatting about
0: what it means to grow. How are you growing? I mean, I'm just thriving because I'm on summer break now, which is really the best time of the year. And, but I'm also super busy. Like, we're, you know, counting down the days to our wedding at this point. And so, yeah, just in full mode of like trying to knock all these things off of the list. And I've been feeling really anxious the last couple of weeks, just all the things, there's so many, so many little details and decisions that are left to be made. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, how are we even going to accomplish this? And I was talking about it in therapy and she was like, yeah, you know, the good thing is like this anxiety has a deadline. So like th- it might kind of suck <laughs> for the next, like, <laughs> six weeks or month or whatever, but then it'll, it'll go away and it's going to be fine. You know, like it's all going to get done. It just might be a little painful getting there, but it just kind of is what it is. That was kind of her attitude. And I was like, that's, that, that helps me. Like I can, I can think about it that way of like, okay, I might be
1: anxious right now, but
0: I'm not going to be once, once this is over. So it's going to be fine.
1: I don't know a single person who wasn't anxious before their wedding. So I have yeah. nothing to say, but do you thrive on a deadline? Because I feel like that's n- nice for me. Cause I'm like, okay, I know that I can do this. Like I'll get this done.
0: Yes. I feel confident in my ability to like get all these things done, especially with Taylor helping me. I feel like I just need to make like a giant list because what's happening is like all these little things are living in my head. Like we have a huge list of things to get done that are like kind of the bigger things, but there's so many little things. Mm -hmm. of just even thinking like, oh, I need to get a card for Taylor to like write for him to read in the morning or like, am I going to get him a wedding gift? I don't know. If I am, what am I going to get him? (laughs) Also, we just got our marriage license and I didn't realize that when you fill out your marriage license and apply for it or whatever that you have to decide right then what your name is going to be.
1: Oh, really? I don't remember having to do that.
0: At least in Oregon. Maybe it's not like that everywhere.
1: I think it might be different in North Carolina.
0: But yeah, I was like, well, if I'm not sure yet, what can I do? Like, can I change it later? And she was like, yeah, you can. You just will have to go through the courthouse and it's a lot more expensive. Like this is a $60 way to change your name versus it being like a lot more expensive and a longer process if you decide you want to change it. So I was like, oh, crap. So what were you leaning? Um, I went with the hyphen. It's what I've been thinking the whole time. I just was unsure of what – if I want it to be McNeely Miles or Miles McNeely, but I went with McNeely Miles, so I can be McMiles.
1: Yeah, I really like that a lot. It's cute. <laughs> I was really hoping that both of you would change your name to
0: McMiles. I would absolutely love that. If Taylor would have done that, I absolutely would have done it in a heartbeat. We'll see. Maybe one day we'll go to the courthouse and get it all get it all sorted. hmm Anyway, what about you? How are you growing?
1: Well, I haven't talked about this on the podcast, but Seb actually got laid off as like a you know tech company company wide situation. They cut ten percent of their workforce, which sucked, but. He was kind of a sitting duck because he was uh, the most recent hire on his team and he wasn't anywhere close to any of their offices. And he was one of the only like totally remote people. So, not terribly surprising, but not fun either. Luckily, he lined up a job like pretty quickly. I think it only took him like three weeks to get something else. And his severance covered three months worth of time off. And his job starts shortly before that three-month period so amazing it's actually been really nice which you know I'm not like I'm not glad that he got laid off but it's been nice because yes yeah. we've been able to spend time together he has the baby two days a week I have the baby two days a week so I'm able to like, get more things done and also like take more time for myself and that's been great and also it's coming to an end and I'm more terrified about him going back to work this time than I was when uh, he went back after his paternity leave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think you are now?
1: I think because I've well, first of all, I've just gotten used to having more time. Yeah, that's fair. Not being responsible for all the time. Um, I think that I've realized that a lot of his chores are like, specifically between the hours of six and nine, which is fine. But it means that I end up doing more childcare after yeah. he's done working. So that's mm-hmm. something that I think we might have to take a look at. And also I just feel like, which we'll probably end up talking about this in this episode, but like when they're little babies, yes, you're trying to catch up on sleep because they're awake a lot in the night, but like mm-hmm. our baby still awake a lot in the night. And I've found that one of the bigger like adjustment periods has been feeding her solids, like working that into our schedule during the day. It feels like a yeah. lot. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like there's more now than there was when she was a little baby.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and she is starting to, like, pull herself up.
1: Oh, yeah. She's standing. She's, you know, walking assisted, but she's in everything. So. Uh
0: Yeah. I feel like that is a lot more mentally draining because you're having to pay, like, attention to everything she's doing all the time versus when she, you know, a few months ago she just was like laying around and if you like put her down in a little you know bumper buddy or whatever the heck those things are called like she's not gonna go anywhere like (laughs) if you need to put her down for a minute and go in the kitchen to grab something and come back it's all good
1: yeah Um, for sure she also doesn't sleep a whole lot like she's not one of those kids that sleeps a ton so mm -hmm. that's like less time for me to get my shit together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, and uh, now that you're saying that, why don't we just jump
0: into it? This is the postpartum episode. Very excited to talk to you about this. But like, what has sleep been like since like the beginning until now?
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So I think on the episode where I did her birth story, I talked a little bit about like the nightmare that was cluster feeding the second day. So that was definitely Mm -hmm. the worst night. I like basically didn't sleep that night. But since then, I would say birth to about Christmas, which was she was like two and a half months. She would sleep at the beginning of the night, like a six hour stretch most of the time, which was awesome. Yeah. And that's great. Then after that, it would be every like hour to two hours, but really more like two hours. So, like, I was, you know, taking enough time mm-hmm. if I was able to sleep, which um, my insomnia is still a little bit of an issue. But now she, right around Christmas, something happened and she wakes up a lot we're lucky if we get like three to four hours at the beginning of the night and then well sometimes she'll i i don't want to say that sometimes she'll do five or six um okay and then after that it's usually every two hours there was a stretch of time in like january or february where she was waking up every hour and i was mm-hmm. like was she was just really restless yeah, like, and it, this it is not terrible. it <laughs> yeah.
0: this is not sustainable girl it was terrible yeah <laughs>
1: So yeah, I mean, you hear about baby sleeping through the night at like six, seven weeks and I, yeah. you know, that's just not the baby we got. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully soon. Yeah. Well, I know that, I, you know, whenever I tell another parent this, they're always like, well, what have you tried? And I don't ha- like, we've tried a couple of things, but I'm also not like, I'm not going to let her cry it out. That's not who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we'll get there once she's older and I feel better about it, but. She's still sleeping in a pack and play in our room. So I think our next thing is to move her into her nursery and see what happens.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do you think y'all will do sleep training or probably not? Or TBD?
1: Theoretically, we could sleep train. I'm like, I'm definitely not opposed to it. I, we just ended up around the three, her three month mark, we ended up co-sleeping some, which it's. Funny to me, the narrative about co-sleeping in the U.S., because the rest of the world does it all the time. Like, it's pretty standard. Mm, Okay. Um, I was, I was like, doing some research because I felt really bad about it. But once I learned how to nurse her sideline, I would just accidentally fall asleep sometimes because it would be, you know, she's waking up every hour. I was tired. And I never felt, like, it never felt dangerous to me. Seb actually did it a lot from the get go in the mornings because he's so used to sleeping with the cat. He likes sleeps like a log and he would just put his arm out and stick the baby in the crook of his arm. And he doesn't move. He sleeps like that with the cat. So he had been doing it. I felt fine about it from the get go, but I of course was like, okay, let me look into this. So I did the research on like safe practices and other cultures that co-sleep like some Asian cultures co-sleep until their kids are like 10 and which Gosh. absolutely not that's not happening <laughs> I was surprised that I liked it so much because I am a real bed person and I kind of thought that I would be like wanting her out of our room and like wanting my own space in my bed back and every time I would bring it up about moving her out of our room so would be like I'm not ready <laughs> and I was like Aww. okay like I'm <laughs> I don't care that much so like you know whatever yeah 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 So, yeah, we ended up co-sleeping. And I think that all of the basically advising against co-sleeping to me is like preaching abstinence. Like Mm. it's not effective and like not going to be the outcome in the end. Like probably at some point you're going to fall asleep with your kids. So why don't you learn how to do it the safe way? And it has allowed me to get so much more sleep, which is why I'm not dying to like figure it out. Because if I do wake up every if she has a bad night and I'm waking up like every hour then I'm awake. I stick the pacifier back in her mouth and then I go back to sleep. And like, yeah. yeah, easy peasy. Right. It's easy for me to get her back down. So it's not as much of a problem. That makes sense. How
0: were the first couple days and weeks in general? Like this is a huge transition <laughs> for y'all.
1: Yeah. Um, well, we were really lucky that we had so much help. My mom was there on and off cooking, cleaning, helping with the dogs, like whatever. And that was clutch. And we had like tons of other family through and friends through as well. So that was great. I think the big difference between, in my mind, between early days and like later, especially once, you know, like the visitors stop coming, your partner goes back to work, is you go from like, okay, I'm trying to recover from birth. I'm, I know I'm sleep deprived. So like, I'm trying to take naps as often as I can. Mm-hmm. So like you're transitioning into the, okay, I have to do this all the time. So like, I need to figure out how to get things done and like be a human. Yeah. you know, and like, This is the new normal. <laughs> yeah. Have friendships and like all of those things. And that was an interesting transition. I really think that if you can hold on to the mindset of like, I need to nap as often as possible, mm-hmm. that's the best thing to do. It's hard,
0: but it's helpful. Yeah. Instead of when you have a minute being like,
1: oh, I need to get X, Y, Z done. Right. Yeah. I think that if I had gone into January and February, kind of like, I know that I'm, ar- I'm already three months postpartum, but like, I'm the primary caregiver and I'm tired and like I should prioritize my own rest if I had done that I probably would have been in better shape
0: Hmm. have you experienced any postpartum depression or anxiety
1: short answer is no um Seb actually did, which is something that I would love for him to come on here and talk about. I had a friend who warned me about postpartum depression, anxiety in men. It's not something you hear a whole lot about, but men's hormones change after a baby comes home just the same way as like a, a female's hormones change.
0: That's so interesting. I would be curious what the science is behind that.
1: Yeah, it's I think the biological function is to make them not leave their family. Like it's <laughs> like a bonding mechanism. Yeah. Um, It's actually also responsible for dad bods, which I think is kind of funny, <laughs> um, at least based yeah. on the research he did. Yeah. The only so yeah, I had a friend who mentioned her husband had anxiety to the point where he had insomnia and ended up hallucinating. <clears throat> so she was like, this is something you need to know about. It's, you know, like. It happens, you don't hear yeah. about it, but like just sometimes it happens and they need to get help, and like everything will be fine afterwards, yeah, 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 yeah. So I had that in the back of my head, but Seb is the most steady, stable person, so I just never thought about it really with him totally. And around Christmas, I realized he was very, very irritable, and that's one of the first indicators of postpartum depression in men, mm. and so one day he like snapped and I was, he, he, do, he just doesn't get angry like that. And so I was like, I think, do you think it's possible that you're depressed, that you have postpartum depression? And he was like, yeah, maybe I do. And so mm-hmm. he ended up, you know, talking to a therapist and, and we were lucky that it was only, I don't know, four or six weeks of real trouble and mm-hmm. he was able to pull himself out of it. So like, very grateful for that. And also grateful yeah. to my friend who had put that bug in my ear. Yeah, clued you in. Yeah. So that was that. And on my side, I, it's funny because I think when you hear postpartum depression, anxiety, it feels like this big thing. And I don't think I had, you know, like textbook, whatever, but I did sometimes find myself like in an anxious pattern thinking like, is this normal amounts of anxiety as a parent or like is Mm -hmm. it postpartum and I think that I think the answer is it's regular anxiety. It's just like specifically to like around parenting stuff. Yeah. But it, it's hard to know where the line is because like I, I was really weird about things being sterilized because with babies like they're supposed to be sterilized. But the reality is it's really hard to keep up with certain things that are like, quote unquote, the right way to do, do it when <laughs> you're a new parent. Um, and I know that there's so many parents out there that don't do things like textbook, which actually i love our pediatrician she's great she has twins and so we were talking to her about milk like how long you can leave it out the 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 recommendations around it are like i don't know four hours or something like that for a bottle that's you've like the baby didn't finish our bottle she was like put it back in the fridge smell it before you give it to him the next time it'll be fine <laughs> So her like, it'll be fine attitude about some things has really helped me like be able to let go. But yeah, there have been some things that I have had anxiety about. It's definitely better. I think it was worse in the first like three months and then it tapered off. But and also I have figured out some of those things just don't matter that much.
0: I feel like too, because especially in the beginning and it's especially when probably it's like your first kid and you're like, all this stuff is new. You're figuring out how to do everything That it's like, I feel like it might be hard to even like recognize it.
1: Yeah, 100%. Even if you're just like, okay, I'm feeling a little
0: anxious, but like it would be so easy to like push that down or ignore it because you're focused on keeping the baby alive and making sure that all baby's needs are met. So it would be very easy to ignore what's going on with you.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't catch this as it was happening. It was definitely a later thing. I was like, oh, that, you know, that recurring thought about whether things have been sterilized, like whether Seb did the sterilizing of this bottle that I didn't get to, or, you know, like mm-hmm. all of those things. I, I realize that after the fact, not during it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah. It's hard too when it's like you're, fo- or you're fixated on something that it's like the medical community is telling you it's this way. So like, yeah, you know, like it, I'm not, it's not that I'm having, you know, quote unquote wrong thoughts. Right. I'm excited on something that I'm technically supposed to be doing, but it was just like the way I was thinking about it was too much.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if that is why sometimes people get to such a bad place with postpartum depression or anxiety is because they just didn't realize it until like it got to a point where it was so bad that it was impossible to ignore, but had it been possible to recognize it earlier, it wouldn't have like gotten to that place.
1: Yeah, I think that's very possible. I mean, there's just so many moving factors at the beginning. Um, and they're so small that like you're tr- you're really trying to do everything the the right way because you don't know <laughs> what's gonna mess them up or what's not. And I think yeah. it takes time to like kind of relax into whatever your parenting philosophy is gonna be. Yeah, for sure. And they're so small and they seem fragile, even though they're yes. pretty resilient. Oh my I gosh, think. and
0: I just recently learned about the soft spot.
1: Oh yeah, it's gross.
0: I, I I don't even want to see one. I feel so gross about it. But then I also have been listening to, I've listening to Armchair Expert, and Dax has talked about how he's he's talking about like if people have the impulse to like push it because Uh, like uh. (laughs) you know I I can't remember like what the term he uses is like the the void the black void or the like the something where. You just get these like random intrusive thoughts that are like oh, pretty yeah. universal. Like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. if you're standing on top of a bridge and like looking out, and you're like, "Oh, what if I just jumped?" Like, not that you're like actually having like suicidal yeah. ideation at all, but right. you, it's just like this intrusive thought, and it's such a universal thing. But he was talking about that being one of them of like, "What if I just pushed it?" Like, of course you're God, not going to push it, put it, and put like that in my head, that, and but... now I'm
1: going to about it. Oh, <laughs> I'm so
0: sorry. You can <laughs> cut it out of the podcast, and it'll cut it out of your brain. <laughs> and make you not
1: think about it <laughs> it's fine but the soft spot really is gross and for those of you who don't know what it is it's when a baby's born their skull isn't fully formed so like there's a spot where all of the pieces of their skull comes together and it's like not hard and it's oh it's gross it, where it on their together, head is it but like i mean pigs is right on the top
0: okay so it could be a different spots.
1: I think or it's you mostly think it's on the top. I don't think it's like top, always exactly in the same spot, but sure. um, yeah, I think it's usually on the top. Uh, yeah, and hers has gotten significantly smaller, which is good because like okay. at first, and when they don't have any hair, it's like you can see it. <laughs> when does
0: it usually like grow together?
1: I mean, she's almost eight months old, and hers is still not grown together. So okay, I, I mean, maybe like maybe a year. I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Keep us posted on when it fills <laughs> up. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, let's talk about breastfeeding.
1: <laughs> oh boy!
0: Tell us your journey.
1: Um, well, I think I've talked a fair amount about this too. But to recap, I had many people at the be- in the beginning tell me that she didn't have a tongue tie or a lip tie, but breastfeeding was horribly painful for me for like the first two months until I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. We got to figure it out. And you know, when you're feeding a baby eight to 10 times a day and it's, you know, pretty excruciating every time, that's like not awesome. And I ended up going to see a lactation consultant that a family friend of ours highly recommended out of Chapel Hill. And she was wonderful. And she said, I think she has a tongue tie. I'm going to send you to a speech, speech and language, language pathologist, which is so mm-hmm. hard for me to pronounce. And they can help you with that. Yeah. She, <laughs> um, and she said, the lactation consultant was like, Oh, you know, if there's not a problem, the, the SLP will tell you that. And so the SLP was like, I could go either way. Like, I don't feel like this is a huge issue, but like, you know, I don't know what to do. I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Like if you want to clip it, we can. And I was like, well, what we're doing is not working. So let's clip (laughs) it and see if there's a difference and immediately it was better. So that was great. Yeah. Highly improved everything because of her weight gain issues and because of the, like the weight gain issues and the tongue tie were um, related, but we didn't actually get clearance to even start extending her night time feeds until mm-hmm. like five months I think it was five or six months so even the sleep issue I haven't thought that much about it because for a long time we were just trying to feed her as often as possible so she would maintain her weight and now breastfeeding's pretty easy I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like do I consider weaning I had yeah. originally hoped to make it to a year but With my cycle, my milk supply goes up and down and right now it's down. That's probably why I'm like, oh, maybe I should just wean Mm because I don't know. But I I think it's convenient. I like it. I know that breastfeeding is not for everybody. I really think that you have to figure out what's for you because I think that if Seb and I had tried to bottle feed her all the time, that would have like the inconvenience of it would have made me annoyed. Yeah. Breastfeeding is very convenient. Okay. I could see that. The most annoying thing about it is that you have to dress in such a way that you can feed. Sure. That it's easy to do it.
0: Yeah. Also, we didn't really address this at the top, but how long is like the medical postpartum timeline? Because I feel like it's shorter... Than what it should be.
1: Ugh, <laughs> uh, yes. I actually looked this up because I knew that it was short, but I wanted to know exactly how long it was. And Google says mm-hmm. six weeks, which is ridiculous.
0: That seems insane. Do you think that they're basing that off of, like, when your body is, like, maybe healed? Because, like, I'm I sure mean, some people it takes longer, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I guess it's six, week, it, six weeks is usually when you get cleared for sexual activity, which... That doesn't mean your body's healed. Like, right. oh, you know, I don't think your body can go back to normal after nine months of having your organs squished in <laughs> six weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say it should be at least three months, but probably more like six months, maybe even a year. I don't know. Maybe a year. I know.
0: Because I wonder too, like like people that experience postpartum depression, anxiety, like, And maybe there – I'm sure there's lots of research on this. But, like, yeah, like, what's the average amount of time that people experience that if they do?
1: Well, here's one thing that I didn't know. You can get postpartum anxiety and depression any time up to, like, two years after you have a kid. Mm. Like, it can come on later. It doesn't necessarily start right after the baby's born. So then it
0: seems like postpartum should be two years. I mean, yeah, (laughs) you
1: would think. I don't know. Well, I think about – It's just crazy to me these moms who – you know, have a baby, breastfeed their baby, and then get pregnant with another one, and then have a baby and breastfeed the baby. I'm like your ba- your body has literally not been your own for like five years. Yeah, is that
0: something that has been hard for you? Because I've heard that from some of my other friends that have had kids. That what a hard part is that you feel like your body doesn't fully belong to you.
1: Yeah. I think is, there's so many things in parenting that you like, you hear what people say and the experience of it is different, but there's no other like good way to explain it, I guess. So yeah. yes, I would say that that's true. I think that part of it is my body is different than it used to be. So like dressing mm-hmm. is harder, uh, but even like logistically with breastfeeding, that sure. like, adds a level of mental load. Like I have to figure out what fits me, what's appropriate for the weather and the occasion, and also like what is easy for me to breastfeed in. And what also what level of comfort do I have? Because one of the things that I've figured out about clothing is I was like, Oh, I'll just wear a lot of button ups because I've always worn a lot of button ups, which sounds great for breastfeeding. But also when you wear a button up when you breastfeed, your whole chest is exposed, which Mm -hmm. feels to me like a lot of exposure. Yeah. Um whereas now I've learned that I actually prefer just like a sweatshirt or a t-shirt or something that I can pull up. I would rather have my like stomach which high-waisted jeans kind of help this, but yeah, my stomach exposed than like my whole chest. Yeah. You feel so, less naked like that. I do. Yeah. Which I you know, I can cover up with a like burp cloth or towel, sure. or, I mean, or blanket or something, but um that's just more cumbersome and also I'm at the stage where my baby is doing gymnastics while she's nursing.
0: <laughs> what are some other things that have been maybe just hard in general or harder than you thought they would be?
1: Oh, man, I feel like it's so different than I thought. Just like little things. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that's been really hard is you can't get anything done all in one go. So like I can't even read a news article front to back without having to like look up or nurse her or, you know, like little things. I can't just like keep my eyes on one thing for like more than two minutes, Yeah, which is so hard. Cause I, I'm just like, I just want to finish this, this thing. I just want to finish and I can't. And then there's the things about like researching and quote unquote solving problems. So like for a while there, I was trying to figure out the appropriate sleep solution which, you know, when your baby's not sleeping, of course you want to try some things. But I think I was really in the like anxiety, like I need to fix this. There is an answer. I can't find it. All of those things. And that was hard for me, A, because I felt like that was landing on my shoulders. And Mm -hmm. Seb was like, you know, he had input here and there, but it felt like a problem to me and not a problem to him, which now looking back on it, I'm like, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Like I did I didn't need to be taking it so seriously. Yeah. Um. So I think once I figured out or once I took the mindset of like, we just have a baby that doesn't sleep that well and that's okay. That was really helpful for me. Yeah. But there are just a lot of like little things that come up and you got to figure them out, you know? Mm-hmm. And one thing I've realized for those soon to be parents or maybe even new parents out there is Reddit is really helpful for stuff. <laughs> So helpful. Google whatever your question is, and then put Reddit at the end. Because if you don't do that, what you're going to get is the textbook medical advice, which is not always helpful. Mm-hmm. Actually, I would say it's not helpful most of the time because usually you know what that answer is, but you need to know right. what like what all of the people that have the the you know two percent cases have experienced. Like yes, you some know, real like, world
0: experiences.
1: Exactly. So Reddit's great for that. Another thing that I had to work through was my comfort level when i was away from her so like me mm-hmm. especially being in the same house it's like i can hear her crying is it a problem has she been crying too long do i need to go down there yeah. like does seb know what time she needs to go down for a nap all of those things it's like i'm i'm still running through the i'm basically still parenting just in a room by myself yeah which is not good for your mental capacity like your Definitely. brain is just running and running and running. So I had to yeah. work through that. And the other thing too is like when I spend time with her alone, it looks different than when Seb spends time spends time with her alone or when, you know, like one of our parents comes and I have to eat yeah. e- either I have to either a set the expectation of like what is the bare minimum that needs to be done, which is something that I did have to do. Like I expect that, you know, she gets dressed and she does this and she then, you know, like these are the things that have to happen and everything else yeah. is like not a big deal.
0: Yeah. Were those tough conversations?
1: Yes and no. I mean, with stuff, I felt like it was harder because we did have to reach a compromise because that was like an ongoing thing. Like, I, I, we need to both be comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. And honestly, one of the bigger issues that we had to work through with everybody was like, I was pretty uncomfortable with her watching a lot of TV just because the the adult in the room was watching TV. Right. And then, like, what's on the TV? Like, what is the content of what you're watching? Because I've the research I've read is that the content of the screen time that they take in is actually more important than the screen time itself. And oh, interesting. So I didn't want her watching like a lot of violence or, you know, sure. like all of those things. But we were getting to the point where, you know, she was actively looking at the TV while a, mm. like an adult was in the room. And so, like, you know, the people who are babysitting too, this was a thing that I was like, you know, maybe don't watch scary stuff, but like, I don't care if you have the TV on. Like that was a compromise for me. I was like, you don't have to keep it off. I don't care about that, but you know, be mindful.
0: (laughs) Don't watch any horror films, please.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What are some things that have been easier than you thought they would be?
1: I would say the sleeping post co-sleeping. I'm like, okay. Yeah, she wakes up a lot, but it's been easier for me to deal with. Like, I'm not exhausted all the time. I'm definitely low on sleep, but I'm not like dragging.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so impressive to me.
1: I think I don't. I'm sure I've said this to you at some point, but I really truly believe that when you become a parent, your capacity expands to like what it needs to be to be a good parent. Like, I I think that for most obstacles in our life in general, but specifically for parents, like I think you you just get better. Like you just are able to do stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I mean, you feel like you, um, you have to, your body has to adjust. Yeah. Cause. But as someone who's not a parent looking in on this, I'm like, that seems wild.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I told you this, but on mother's day, I was doing the math and I, I told Sub, I was like, I don't think that I've slept consecutively more than six or seven hours in seven months. Which sounds nuts, but I feel fine. It does. <laughs> maybe I'm delusional. Great. <laughs> I
0: was gonna say, I, you're just so smiley. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I
1: will say that thinking back now on like the first three months or so, I think I was yeah. really kind of running a little bit on adrenaline. Like everything was so new and sure. fun, and like I had so much physical energy. And I'm like, <laughs> like how? Yeah, I don't know. Seems crazy. That's a great question. Yeah. Um,
0: How do you feel like you are doing emotionally in general these days?
1: I feel like emotionally is the hardest part, which I guess is not terribly surprising, but like it's just little things I feel that have been harder. Because parenting, I would say, is not actually that hard. It's like the other stuff in addition to parenting that becomes hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel – I think I do think that one thing I've realized is that in Seven Eyes relationship for the history of us being together, I've very easily done the emotional labor because I have the space for it. I, it's a very natural thing for me to do. And so like not a big deal. And I think with the baby, my capacity's diminished. And so I've like not had the space to do some of that, that emotional labor. And that's like a transition that we're having to work through. Like I need more emotional support than I used to. Um, so that's something. And one thing that I have been surprised about is when you hear that term mom guilt, I think when I have heard that in the past, I always thought like, oh, these moms feel bad, like being away from their child or like doing things that mean doing things for themselves that mean that they're, you know, sacrificing time with their kids or whatever. And in my experience, and I've had one other friend validate this as well, it's not that I miss time with her, I, and I think part of that is that I do feel like I'm a pretty good mom generally. It's that I feel like when I am not with her or like not helping with her, that I'm burdening Seb. And so that's been something that I've had to look at, and I don't have a solution for for sure.
0: Do you think that that is wrapped up in you being kind of the default parent?
1: Yeah, it's funny because, uh, I mean, I'm sure that that's true. I think that part of it is like natural mom, I don't know, instincts or something. Sure. I also think the fact that I'm primary caregiver during the day is has something to do with it. but. I have a spouse who does equal amounts. Like, yeah, we had a little bit of a rough go there when he had, when he was struggling with the postpartum depression, but I would say for the most part, he's very willing to help. Mm -hmm. So, you know, labor wise, it's not, it's not very one-sided. The the default parent thing, what the default parent thing for me looks like is, you know, she's often like reaching for me you know, she's hurt. She just fell over. Like mom, like where's mom, you know? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that's true all the time, but I would say a lot of the time that's the case. Like she likes to use me as a jungle gym. If the both of us are sitting on the couch, like she's probably climbing on me. Mm-hmm. Um, one, And it's funny. I definitely wanted to tell a story because I feel like it's very, it was the one moment in motherhood that I very starkly felt like I was alone um mm-hmm. and also the resolution i think was nice so i want to tell it one night recently actually maybe not recently one night maybe a month or two ago we went to play pickleball with some friends and we had never played pickleball at this point this was the first time we'd gone mm-hmm. seb was so excited which if you met seb you know he's very excitable and it's very for <laughs> me it's one of my favorite parts of being married to him is like watching mm-hmm. him be excited about things mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets so excited
0: And pickleball is so wonderful. So it is excitement worthy.
1: Yeah, I know that now. I didn't know that at the time, but I was like, (laughs) you know what? You're excited. I'm going to be excited just because you're excited. Yeah. So we get, you know, packed up. We're kind of in a hurry. Like it was a weird, um, it was a weird time dinner wise. So we were trying to like rush dinner. We get out of the house. I realized that we had forgotten our wrap, like the carrier that we put her in to walk around. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shoot, we need that because that's how we get her to sleep often when we're not in the house. Okay. I was like, should we we turn around? And he was like, no, we can do it without it. I was like, okay. So we just go, we get to the court, we unpack everything, her stroller, her, all the stuff to get over to the court. We sit down. I needed to feed her because she didn't fall asleep in the car. It was like a logistical thing. Like yeah. I was hoping she'd fall asleep in the car. She didn't fall asleep in the car, but then it was time to feed her. So I was trying to feed her so we could get her done for a nap. At this point, she's like 20 minutes late for a nap, which I'm not usually like a real stickler about naps, but this was the end of the day nap, which you want to be spaced out enough for bedtime. So she's not going to bed at, you know, two hours after she's supposed to. Yeah. Um, when we get to the court, Sub's all excited. So he gets out and, like, I'm like, okay, can you like help me unpack the car? He's like, yeah. So he helps me unpack the car, everything. And then he's like running up to the court and I'm like pushing the stroller, carrying like four things in my hand and like trying to push the stroller. And he's excited and I'm like, okay, you know, you're up there you're excited, all this stuff. So we get to the court. I start feeding her. And then there's this, all this stuff happens. We find out that we actually can't play on this court because it was one that we were supposed to have booked. Okay. And so they formulate a pl- another plan. And I'm thinking like, oh, sh- you know, we got to pack all this crap up. Yeah. <laughs> She's not done eating. They, they end up walking off the court. And so I'm just sitting there like, OK, well, I've got to finish feeding her. And then we can get in the car and go over there. So we do that. So then we get to the next court and we do it all again, you know, unpack the car, all the stuff. <laughs> and again, Sub's so excited. So like he starts to run off up towards the court. And I'm I'm like, Sub, there's steps. You have to help me up the steps, like get the stroller up the steps. Yeah. So he comes back, he helps me up the steps, all this stuff. And at this point, I'm like pretty stressed out about her not having a nap because she's going on 40, 45 minutes past her nap time. Yeah. And They end up starting the game and like, I'm trying to get her to sleep. I'm trying to get her to sleep. She won't sleep. We don't have the wrap. So I like, can't do my normal nap time routine with the wrap on. And I just, I'm standing over by the fence thinking like, all of these things have happened. And this has been like, somehow this has landed on me. We didn't discuss. Mm -hmm. Who was going to play pickleball first? Yeah. There wasn't a discussion about how to get her down for nap time. I was just like, I'm just standing here by myself. And all my friends are literally 20 feet away playing pickleball. And I feel so alone. Like nobody's helping me. I feel alone. And it ended up that that game went really fast. So one of our friends was like, I'll take her and push her around. So she puts her in the stroller, pushes her around. Very shortly after she starts screaming and Seb ends up, they switch out. He goes over. He was able to get her down, which was awesome. Very great. But you know, I was already kind of like, once I started playing pickleballs, I was like, God, I just feel like this whole night I'm like, I just don't feel good anymore. You know? Yeah. So we get in the car to go home and I was like, Seb, I'm just going to say this because first of all, I know you care, but also I, like, I need to verbally process this, but like, here's my experience of what happened tonight. And I just told him like, you know, you're excited. I had to ask for help and you know, all these things happen. It was just like a lot of burden on me. Like Mm -hmm. it felt like a lot of burden on me. Um, and Oh, I also reiterated, I was like, I'm not mad. This is just something that happened and I was having some feelings about it. And he was like, so you're not mad. And I was like, no, I'm not mad. And later, maybe like an hour later after we got home, I could tell he was still, he was still kind of processing that I had told him the story. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, like, just want to reiterate, I'm not mad at you. Like, you know, there's just just a thing that happened. A lot of like so many factors, you know, there was a lot of a lot going on. I'm not mad. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Um, and then maybe an hour after that, he came downstairs and he was like, can we just walk through this again? Because I want to make, like, I don't know what went wrong. And like, I want to figure out what we can do better. And I was like, wow, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for caring about the this. The perfect and, like, question. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like I didn't even think to do like a retrospective on it, you know, like in yeah. my- it was just like a hectic time and like the burden fell on me and yeah. that sucks and yeah. it, you know it was great it was actually really great to like sit down and be like okay when things get overwhelming instead of you like going off with friends I need you to pull back and think like what is happening here in our family that I can help with
0: mm-hmm.
1: and other things like I think when I really got him was I was you know walking through the steps of the things that happen and then i said and when y'all started playing there was no discussion about which one of us was taking the baby i just did it it and just was a like, sand no. he was like oh oh yeah that's bad <laughs> i was like <laughs> yeah. um but oh gosh that was so i was just so happy that he initiated that conversation because i don't think it would have happened if he had-
0: yeah for sure and i feel like that's probably like such a relatable story
1: yeah because i mean happens all the time you know like things go differently than they were supposed to go and you know of course the mom just does it because i i think it's i don't know if it's in our dna or if it's the way we were raised or both but i can handle stuff like that and it just doesn't always cross his mind but not that he's not capable of it because he totally is because if he had been by himself he would have crushed it
0: right yeah that's really interesting i'm i'm so glad too yeah you guys had that conversation because i feel like it's gonna inform so many other situations moving forward, like not just related to pickleball, but just when you're out and about in the world and how things are different.
1: Yeah. I think that it's actually already, I can see, especially I think when we travel, like when we're out and when our routine routine is different, I think it's easier for him to like click into that problem solving. Like what, you know, what are the factors here kind of mode? Yeah, for sure. So, but I think that's a tough thing to, A, like teach and B, learn like on both sides. Because yeah. it, I think most men's brains don't work like that. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard for me to be like, here are all of the 50,000 factors that I've run <laughs> run through in my brain in the last 10 minutes. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do this too, you know? Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you sound like an infomercial I know.
1: <laughs> infomercial for it's funny because it's mental load but like with parenting it's important mental load like it's not like yeah I yeah, want yeah. To offload as much of this as possible it's like there's a lot of right. factors that we have to consider and we need to consider them
0: right and, uh, and there's so many situations that are different so it's not just like a blanket here are all the things to consider like Right, it depends yeah, on you what you're list, doing and where you are, and yeah, what's the weather, and who's there, and like there's right. so many things to consider that you can't really consider until you get there. For sure,
1: and I think I mentioned this, but that's I as much as I have liked the fair play cards, that's one of the holes with that system is like mm. the fair play card actually kind of sets you up to not have to think about extraneous factors, which I think in turn, sometimes makes that mental load part of your brain turn off. Hmm. Parenting, like you need that. You need to be thinking through the extra things, especially in those types of situations. So that's a tough one. Oh, one other thing that Seb and I ended up talking about related to the pickleball story is that I, as a person, don't typically have a hard time asking for help. But as a mom, having to ask for help all of the time is very exhausting.
0: Can you give us some examples? That does seem hard (laughs) and draining.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, just like, hey, your mom's coming over. Can you pull milk out of the freezer? Or like, we're almost out of bottles. We need to wash. Like little tiny things that just like, oh, can you grab that? Or like, here's six things that have to happen before we have this appointment at four o'clock, you know, like, yeah, it's just, and he's always willing to help. And that was part of the thing is like, I know that if I were to have asked you, you would have said yes, because you're always helpful. Yeah. And I feel like it's just very exhausting for me to ask all these questions and not like be the and and to be the one that's like remembering all this stuff.
0: Yeah, you're holding it, you're asking for it. Do you think, you know, you were talking about mom guilt a little bit too. And like feeling like you're burdening Seb, do you feel like that's part of it too is like, it's hard to ask for help over and over again. Cause you also are managing like that emotion as well.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a fine line, especially because part of his postpartum depression, like his capacity was diminished. So I think there yeah. was a point at which he was like, I feel like you're asking me a lot. And I was yeah. like, I, th- I'm not saying that that's not true. Cause it probably is. So there, there is a point at which I'm like, I just can't ask anymore. I, just, I'm just gonna have to do it, um, yeah. or let it not get done. That like, I am currently working through the idea that like, I'm gonna have to let some things go if I <laughs> to make time to rest because, yeah. you know, it's it's really hard for me because they don't feel like unnecessary things. They feel like things that I really want done, and. At some point, I'm going to be too exhausted to do them. So it's like, do I get ahead of it and figure out what what balls can drop or do I just wait to be too tired? Right. So, Yeah.
0: Rocking a hard place.
1: Yeah. This is why parents' kitchens are dirty all the time because it's like the last <laughs> thing on the list. I can tell you that right now.
0: <laughs> I believe it. Have mm-hmm. we talked about that TikTok that's like this beautiful music and... Like just little like clips of like people's kitchens and it's like one thing I've learned in my 30s is that no matter how hard you try, you're going to have to clean your kitchen tomorrow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but that is so true. I have seen the one that's like having a clean house is really easy. All you have to do is clean all day. (laughs) I've seen ones
0: like that, dude. It's like, your house can be like perfectly clean and perfectly decorated. All you have to do is never live with a man, don't have any children, have no pets, and your house can stay this way too. Oh, man. I love when TikTok makes our reality funny. It helps. Mm -hmm. It does help. (laughs) All right. Well, I so appreciate and I know the like-hearted community appreciates you being so vulnerable and sharing about your postpartum experience that you're still in because postpartum can be however long you feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Post birth. So from now until forever. Yeah, really appreciate it. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at likeheartedpodcast at gml.com or Follow us on our sub stack and comment along. We've had some like hearts cuties doing that recently, and it's really fun to see all the the conversations coming from that.
1: Yeah. And if anybody has any specific questions or comments, feel free to email or DM me on Instagram at likeheartedpod. Talk to you soon. Bye.